Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. I'm Mark Tapper from Tapper's Jewelry. My father, Howard, has always gone over and above for our guests. It was back in the 80s, and Dad took a call early. We weren't open yet, but he answered the phone. Customer just heard from his wife. It's time. Meet me at the hospital. She was already on her way, but he needed a gift. Called from his car phone. Remember those? Howard scrambles to find something perfect and get it wrapped quickly. He's waiting on the sidewalk as the customer rolls up, practically tossed it through the window. I don't even think the guy stopped. Everyone talks about curbside service nowadays, but Howard kind of invented that. Didn't invent anything. That was just customer service. No, Dad. It's above and beyond. It was the least we could do. Just saying. Helping people, even if they're not inside the store, we've done that for years. It was a girl, by the way. (laughs) Okay, so you can't take a compliment. Shouldn't you be getting back to work? Tappers, tell us your story. At Tapper's Jewelry, we want to hear your story. Everybody has one, and we'll help make yours legendary. Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast. I'm Dave Young. Steve Semple, we're going to talk about Wrigley's again. That's from early, early on in the podcast. That's going back to episode number four. In episode four, we talked about how they went from being this regional company into a big national brand. Mm -hmm. And you may actually want to go back and listen to that. But on this one... We're going to go back even further. We're going to go back right to the beginning. But one of the things I want everybody to realize is really how large Wrigley's grew. You know, today they're a subsidiary of Mars, and Mars bought Wrigley's back in 2008 for $23 billion. Um, And it had a revenue of $6.3 billion, 16,000 employees, and almost a billion in net income. So pretty big company. But we're going to go back to day one in terms of how Wrigley's got started because I think it's a really interesting story how Wrigley's got going. So Wrigley's was launched on April 1st, 1893 by William Wrigley Jr. And this company went on to create not only a fortune later, but a fortune for the family. You can see pictures of the Wrigley Mansion. They bought Catalina Island out in California, Wrigley's Field in Chicago. That's Mm -hmm. them. They own the Chicago Cubs. You know, one of the most famous big buildings on Millionaire's Mile in Chicago is the Wrigley's Building, right? Mm -hmm. So big influence, big business. On chewing gum. On chewing gum. And William Wrigley started as a soap salesman in Philadelphia. So he was a soap salesman in Philadelphia. And when he was 29 years old, he moved to Chicago and he had 32 bucks in his pocket with this idea of starting a business. And so they started by selling Wrigley's Scouring Soap. So it started as a soap. So many good names out there, isn't there? Wrigley Scouring Soap. Rush right out in a buying frenzy. That's it, exactly. (laughs) And it was selling so well that to better sell the soap, he decided to offer a premium to get people to buy it. So he had this premium that he offered. 
And one of the things that he offered was free cans of baking powder. So at that time, baking powder was in cans, and he decided to offer free cans of baking powder with every order. And he really quickly discovered that the baking powder was more popular than the soap. They're buying the soap to get the baking powder. Right. So he decided, you know what? I'm going to sell baking powder. Yeah. So he switched to baking powder. That's called a pivot. And around this time, there was a major breakthrough in making gum using chicle. Remember right? chiclets? Uh-huh. Episode uh-huh. 33. <laughs> <laughs> it's all connected. It's all connected. So he then decided to offer gum as a premium for selling of the baking powder. So you buy the scouring soap and you get baking powder. You buy the baking powder, you get gum. You get gum. And guess what? The gum turned out to be super popular. What he really discovered was premiums are where it's at. (laughs) Premiums are where it's at. So in 1893, he launches two new gums, Juicy Fruit and Wrigley Spearmint. But by this time, actually, the gum market was already fairly crowded. There was a lot of people getting into it. So he wanted to stand out. Now, others were not advertising. There was Mm -hmm. lots of players, but they weren't advertising. So he aggressively advertised. So you'd walk into the store, and at that point, you'd have to decide what kind of gum you wanted. Correct. With no advertising, other than someone's experience of liking something, the customer's walking in with a blank slate for preference. Hold that thought Mm -hmm. on the experience. Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. How's business? Yeah, good. Why isn't it great? We we were growing 20-30% every year for five years. Then we went flat in the last three. Growth used to be easy. Now, nothing we do seems to have the same effect anymore. If you're not growing, you're dying, and I can't stand to think we've hit the top and are coming back down. So you build a hell of a castle and you're worried. Maybe it's time to build an empire. Huh? What you got here won't get you to where you want to go. You need a fresh perspective. There's these guys that are looking for business owners just like you. Smart, customer-focused, but with flat sales. What do they do? Build empires, but they don't work with just anyone. You have to be customer-focused. So what exactly do they do? Some say they're marketers, but I call them crusaders. Check out their website at empirebuilderprogram.com. Like what you see, set up a meeting. Crusaders, empires, castles. I think someone's been getting so old they're medieval. Empirebuilderprogram.com. Check it out before you become a dinosaur. You mean dragon. No, I mean dinosaur. They were good too, for a while. Sure you want to be just good? Empirebuilderprogram.com. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. So he did two things. He aggressively advertised, and you can learn more about some of the aggressive advertising he did by going back to episode four, because that's a lot of what we spoke about. He did mass media and as well as direct marketing. And so what he did is he mailed samples, stick of the gum, to millions of Americans listed in the phone book. So to your point, they only had the experience. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you a free stick of gum. You try the gum, you like the gum, you walk in the store, you buy a pack of the gum. Mm-hmm. So this is very much, you know, that push marketing idea. This is not much different than Burt's Bees, where the whole idea with Burt's Bees was if I can get somebody to walk into a store and ask for my lip balm, Mm -hmm. I'm going to sell a crap ton of my lip balm. 
the push marketing strategy, get the consumer to select your product. And he did this through awareness and mass media and sampling through direct mail. Brilliant what he did. Especially for something like gum. I go walking into a store because I want some gum. And again, like I said earlier, I don't have a preference. But if he's mailed me a stick of gum and it was free and I chewed it and I liked it, now I have a preference. I'm not going to try something that I, I don't even know if I like that brand of gum, but I know I like Wrigley's because I had a stick. Once people decide on something like that, they kind of stick with it, don't they? They do if they like it. Yes, absolutely. This is like when Godiva chocolate, I don't know if you remember when Godiva chocolate came on the scene and, you know, they would be in the malls and they would have people standing outside the Godiva chocolate offering a piece of chocolate for sampling. And you Mm -hmm. try a piece and you go, wow, this is really great chocolate. Let's go in and buy some. Wrigley was one of the first to do this in terms Mm -hmm. of this sending out the sampling. At one point, they even had a promotion where they would send a stick of gum to kids on their birthday. Happy birthday. Here's a stick of Wrigley's gum. Like, fabulous. And this is how they managed to stand out in this crowded field. Look, he discovered that people liked the gum. The field was crowded. Here's how he stood out. To me, the incredible lesson here is look how this guy pivoted. He was pivoting, but he was paying attention to the customer. But then even when he landed on gum, he said, you know what? I still need to have a promotion strategy. Mm -hmm. So he still had a promotion strategy of mass media and sampling through direct mail to create that preference for his gum. And look, went on to build an unbelievable, massive empire. You send every kid a stick of gum or you send everybody in the phone book a stick of gum. And if they walk into the local candy store or general store or wherever they would buy things and they say, yeah, I'd like some of that Wrigley's Spearmint gum. By God, if they don't have it, they're going to have it next time you come in. Because if all these people come walking in asking for it, you know darn well they're going to start carrying it. You could even do this mailing Before you had it in retailers, if you wanted to. Oh, especially imagine, Dave, you're the sixth person coming in going, hey, do you got any of that Wrigley Spearmint gum? And it's like, Jesus, Murphy, (laughs) everybody all day long is coming in asking for this gum. Hey, Mr. Wholesaler, yeah, where do I get some of this gum to sell? You know, we sometimes forget, especially when you are a manufacturer. So Wrigley's was a manufacturer of gum. There's a retailer sitting in the middle. We're used to thinking about that retailer as our customer that we have to convince and forgetting Mm. about the consumer at the end of the chain. But if I can convince the consumer at the end of the chain, they'll convince the retailer for me. That's your point. They'll convince the retailer for me simply by going, do you have any of this? (laughs) And if the retailer's customers are demanding it, you don't have to go in and fight near as hard for sales space, like you said. That's another form of advertising and marketing is channel kinds of plays like that, where it's like, you want the shelf that's at eye level or right near the cash registers. Well, if you've got a product that everybody's asking for, the last thing a retailer wants to do is put it someplace that people have to go hunting for it. That's a great point, Dave. And I didn't even think about that. You are far more likely or certainly far easier for you to get that premium shelf space because your product is in demand and selling. Absolutely. We're going to put this where people can see it. Because I don't want to have to 
tell everybody that walks in the store where to go find the Wrigley Spearmint Gum. I'm sure Mr. Wrigley had some point-of-sale materials as well. I'm sure he struck me as somebody who did not miss too many tricks. There's often a number of things that we can learn from these companies, and he kept an eye on what was going and where the consumer preferences were and pivoted with that and ran with it and made a lot of money. Take that, chicklets. <laughs> Take that, chicklets. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Still go back and listen to the chicklets one. It's interesting as well. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. <laughs> Thanks, David. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review. And if you have any questions about this or any other podcast episode, email to questions at the empirebuilderspodcast.com.